That's right. Welcome back to another information-packed episode on Ready, Set, Real Estate. I am excited. Of course, you always hear me say this, but no, this is serious. I am seriously excited about today's episode. Why? Because I get to bring on our first guest of 2023. I know I said last year there was just so much going on in real estate that I had to get us caught up during the pandemic, COVID, and just so many rule changes, so many laws. We've had to pivot this, that, and a third. And so 2023, I am a woman of my word. And I said, I will be bringing show guests back. And I must say, I am really happy that I can pin this man down to a time. He's uh, from the East Coast, Anthony Lee. He's a Philly realtor, developer, father. I've got so much positive things to say about him. But before I do that, I just want to give you a taste of Anthony and just just kind of why this is going to be, he should be on your, if you're purchasing in Philly, if you're interested, this man should be on speed dial for you. Check this out. Some games you gonna have a good game, some games he gonna have a good game, some games you gonna have a good game. So I always tell people like, yo, I'm the smartest person. I, you know, got all the right ideas, but like, you know, just spending time and being able to collaborate, we gonna figure whatever we figuring out in life. So when you get large lines of credits with the credit cards, that's how, I, that was how I was able to like, now that I got stuff in motion, now I'm able to scale and I can do two projects at a time. I don't want that that house is messed up, but it's all right. Cause again, if you buy the ugliest house or one of the, a, a good block, you're gonna always make money. And this is one of my first, Multi-family, well, not first multi, but one of my first large multi-family builds. This is a six-unit apartment building that I purchased uh, end of end of last year. If you ask me, I'm the P Diddy of real estate. I'm, I was already a mobile in my mind. I knew where I was going. I just needed everything else to catch up. Anthony, welcome to the show. <laughs> I just. Well- with an intro like that, look, I'm like, wait, that is my video. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I I love that because as we are going to be delving into, you know, I'm a mindset girl, right? When we first connected, I mean, you co-create your reality and your existence. And shameless plug, Anthony Lee is author, co-author of Real Estate 100, the Teen and Millennial Investment Blueprint. I want to first say uh, Anthony's been doing a phenomenal job of just connecting with the community, the youth community, and letting them know about what's been going on here. And how do I know that? Because the numbers don't lie, right? So numbers (laughs) don't lie. Sales is interesting. I kind of noticed this in terms of um, sales. It's like, you know, summer goes off and then people, everything that you've done and put out there, they're like, ooh, I need to get myself right. You know, new me, new year type mentality. Everybody orders the book November, December, January, kind of like like last of the year or January, February is what what I was noticing um, as we've been talking about the reports and the sales. But I said, this is so funny that people's mindset is is just it's almost predictable and. Uh, I can appreciate the work that you've been doing. So again, thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Talk to me, Anthony. What's what's good? What's good? <laughs> nah, thank you. I appreciate you having me. Hi, everybody. Um, you know, it's always good to connect with you. It's been a minute. So I, I just appreciate, yeah. you know, giving me the honor to, to get on the platform with you. It's been a while. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, so let's just start with a couple things. Okay. And 
I wanted to, let me do this, you guys, because he's got quite a bio here that I just want to fill you in. Okay. So let's slow it down. Anthony needs a, Anthony Lee's a licensed realtor in Pennsylvania under the good neighbor real estate group. Uh, he's got several years of an, of experience helping sellers, listen, sellers create income and opportunity from selling their assets. So liquid liquidating and maximizing their equity position during the market. Um, he also works alongside Marlon Belfon or Belfon. Yeah, How do Belfon. I say that? Yeah. yeah. Belfon. It's almost like French Marlon Belfon. <laughs> Marlon Belfon. And so you've done like I've done, right? So expanding your partnerships and your relationships so you can serve other areas. So this allows you to tap into the Delaware uh, community and service the clients there as well in more, more ways. So good job in expanding. And I've seen you do a couple of things. So I, I really want to delve into the growth of Good Neighbor. Um, you've recently swipped, uh, switched companies, I think, and I, and, and I would love to hear more about that. Uh, focusing on development, right? So as a developer, also you've been independently and jointly working with others to create unique and affordable housing through rentals and or flip resale projects. So I think that's what attracts a lot of people to real estate, right? Because they think it's, um, you know, I, I don't think people really preface high risk, high rewards before everyone <laughs> highlights the rewards. <laughs> right. So I think that's key for people to understand. And uh, we get to talk with you firsthand and of course, uh, connect with you and just in terms of the lessons and the things that you've learned during this current market. And of course, um, award-winning author, Real Estate 100, the teen and millennial investment blueprint, like I said, shameless plug here, definitely want you to get connected. By the way, uh, I put it out there to do more career days because I want to get more. We've got to get more representation in this business. We've got to get more youth to realize just kind of the different avenues in real estate. So you'll be hearing me talk more and more about that. Um, and, and, and like Anthony is, Anthony and, Anthony and I are aligned in those core values about breaking those generational curses, and I really appreciate it. So I'm going to leave a quote here. This is Anthony's quote. It is important to teach students about the opportunities real estate can create. Um, are you still using your other tag, tagline about uh, real estate? Um, it's not. not so I, I haven't used it as much, but it's been coming back in different instances. Yeah. Um, and just to piggyback off the kids. So go for it. In Philadelphia, I'm a licensed agent. The te my team, or I should say, my umbrella is yeah. Good Neighbor Real Estate. Um, I'm licensed, like you said. I move offices now, so now I'm under Mosaic broke, uh, Mosaic Residential Team. Okay. Um, so they have a development arm, so they're doing large nice. development projects in Philadelphia, like you said, for affordable housing and some, you know, traditional income people as well. Yeah. Um, but the broke the brokerage is a black and brown brokerage uh, in order to serve and provide opportunity for those who are normally underserved or, or unheard. Um, mm -hmm. And they're doing large projects from. I think it's 120 units right now that's being that's finishing up. And then there is okay. another there's a few other projects that was already completed. So there's always something going on um, under the brokerage. And then on my side, the residential side. I just got promoted to the sales manager for the residential side. Okay. Um, Listen. Thank you. Thank you. Literally, it's only been like two weeks. So you guys are actually getting it 
like fresh off the press. Hot off the, the press. Congratulations. Doing big things. Great way to just kind of uh, come into 2023. Good momentum. January is such a hard month professionally for entrepreneurs uh, because we go through long cycles, especially in real estate, right? So we've got long pay cycles, depending, unless you get that nice 10-day, 7-day cash deal, right? Um, other than that, we've got long pay cycles. So to come off of the end of the fiscal year and then come out swinging January is something that is, it, it's it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> but that, I think that also goes to where you're at in your business. So yeah. Talk at to some us. point you'll be in a position where you can take off November, December, because you mm -hmm. already have so much business, it'll keep flourishing in January. Got it. But as you're building the business and depending on what level of building you're in, you know, my mode is I just keep my head down and I keep working. So I have some breaks in between. They're just not long because my, I'll just say my motivation is not to let the momentum die down. Okay. And it's kind of easier to keep stretching and growing as the momentum can carry you even when things slow down, because once yes. that momentum slows down, you know, it might take three months before another deal comes yeah. out of escrow or goes into escrow. So it's like you don't want those gaps because as, as an entrepreneur, that can be a little stressful. Yeah, <laughs> a little stressful. So let's talk about what do you do? Uh, because this is kind of the theme that I'm going with first quarter, especially as we were talking about um, the height of the market. So I, I want to uh, let's describe what your local market experienced during the pandemic boom. And then I want to talk about some, maybe some tips and some strategies you implemented to kind of um, hedge against the stress of now it, the mark, you feel it differently because I think as professionals, as uh, working entrepreneurs, everyone, right. I'm, I've been reading tech is just like 10,000 layoff, 15,000 layoff, like everybody's taking a hit. Right. So how do we, you know, what should we be doing? So let's talk about that pandemic era, your local market. What was that like? So Philadelphia was booming. Philadelphia is a market that was, I would say, for a long time that has been slept on. Oh. And as mm. soon as the pandemic hit, because I, I was in the middle of flipping a property when the pandemic hit. And okay. I was very nervous because I had all my chips in that one basket. Yikes. Um, so one thing that, I, that I'll share with people, it's hard to be an agent and an investor if you don't Talk have to us. Come on, Anthony. <laughs> um, so again, that's where I've really been able to grow and scale during the pandemic because I honestly found my my tribe and my team just like mm. before the pandemic. Like when we first connected, the stars aligned, I found you. So it's all about really finding your tribe and finding yeah. your, your team because again, you can get through a lot of these things with people who have experience or resources that you may not have on your own tool belt. Um, so the Philadelphia market went crazy. I thought I was basically going to lose everything because the pandemic hit. They said we couldn't go outside. Uh, I think I stayed in the house for two days. I said, babe, my <laughs> wife, I got to do what I got to do. Hoodie right. mask on, contractors, y'all want to get paid, meet me at the house. We rehabbed the house that they said I only was going to be able to sell it for 200. I ended up selling it for like 260. Nice. During wow. the pandemic. Um, and, it, and that was really the beginning of you could see the neighborhoods again that we always had strong feelings about because we were from that community. Yeah. Um now everybody else sees it. And when I tell you it was like a wildfire. Yeah. 
it was crazy. So now you're in a situation where the market has shifted yes. in every neighborhood, just about, I'm going to just say just about in every neighborhood. So that same 200, 250, 260 house now probably sell for 210, 220. No, already? Oh, yeah. I yeah. had goosebumps when he said that. I got, like, I felt, I felt it, it all in my knees just now. And, <laughs> and, it, and, it's, and that started about four months ago. So people mm. haven't even caught up to it because they don't want to, some people don't want to believe it. But again, I'm in it. And again, I'm telling you, I went from selling a house for 50 grand more than what we thought we were going to. My lender didn't believe me. I didn't think it. Right. I only had a gap of like, I thought I was going to sell it for 210, 220. My lender said 200 is the max. You get out of here. Yeah. I sold it for 250 or 260. Yeah. So now I go to do another property coming the end of the pandemic, I guess we'll call it, just yeah. back in the fall. I did everything I always do, bells and whistles. I wanted to get 275 in a good neighborhood. Hmm. Um, I couldn't even, I dropped the price down to like 240 and still didn't get an offer. Hmm. But mind you, I had three other like colleagues that were listed on the same street. Okay. They couldn't get what they wanted to get either. But the difference between me and them, or at least one of them, I'll say, he paid such a good price. He could afford to keep dropping his price. So he eventually sold for like 220, 225, maybe. Okay. Um, but for me, at the price I bought it at, I bought it during with pandemic numbers. So I paid a little yeah. more than what I should have. I rehabbed it. The rehab, the rehab it rehab price, regardless of pandemic. So, like you can't get around it, especially if the houses are distressed. So, right. one thing again that I did pivot as this pandemic has been ending. I don't want the houses unless they're giving them to me. I'm talking about giving them to me. Like people say, like, oh, you're still in the houses. No, I'm not stealing them because you don't understand the cost of the rehab. Okay. And I'm not cheating the end client on the rehab if the property calls for it. So I have to get it for the price that affords me to do the proper rehab. So my thing now is I'm getting grandma houses with carpet, panel walls, but it's got good bones, good mechanicals. The roof's not caving in. And I just want to do lipstick on the pig. I just want to do floors, bathroom, kitchen. I'm in and out. I'm out I'm rehab. I went from rehabbing houses in six to eight months to now 60 to 90 days. Look 90 days is pushing. Yeah, 90 days is pushing, especially you are still actively. So I want to say kudos to you for Thank still you. being active in doing it because as I as we are now in this, like we came off the like you said, the pandemic. We're looking at um, so let's let me let me just pause for those of you who are tuning in. I just want to say shout out to those of you who are catching us on the replay. Thank you. Drop hashtag replay. Let us know that you're tuning in. We like to jump in and catch any comments, questions. Uh, we are live. We are streaming live. So, of course, if you have any questions, you can ask, like drop the comments and questions, because even though and I think this might be a Philly thing, this brother's talking really really fast but i can keep up because i'm high energy <laughs> i'm like Duh. yeah you are speaking really fast so because there are like three things you said in there i want to slow down for those who are um just kind of weathering this storm of flipping so you talked about strike price right so we talk strike price when you're in the development investor that conversation this is a real estate literacy education platform so i love to talk about terms i love the vocabulary. So when you're in the rooms with people, you know what to say. So he talked about acquisition, also known as strike price. Um, and so he said, Anthony was sharing, can't, I can't reduce it too much. You know, oh, I can't reduce my flip too much is because I acquired it during the pandemic at pandemic prices. 
Uh, so key. So that's key. You guys take notes right now because this is nothing but gems. I'm telling you, we came out swinging. <laughs> I didn't even get into my blurb about, you know, my news. I just came out with Anthony and we jumped right in. So I just want you to know we did we did it a little differently for you all today. Strike price number two. He said can't get around the cost of the rehab. The cost of the rehab is what it is because you're picking up distressed property. Um, I know we talk about it here, but what are just kind of drop maybe some formulas that you can kind of quick help people understand what should you factor and you know what are you building in, in terms of contingency, like the oopsies. I open up the drywall. I really appreciate all your videos when you are doing those projects. You open up the wall, you come down to the basement and you see there's some <laughs> leaking and there's damage. Talk right. to us a little bit about that. Uh, so just if your budget's 80,000, give yourself another 10, 15% for room for error. Okay. Um, and I mean, that's any project never go in like, and I, and, and I, I talk to a lot of new investors and they struggle with mm. this was the rehab budget and I yeah. can't spend any more than that. But now the rehab's on hold because the budget didn't work out to be the budget. Yeah. And you don't have any reserves or any emergency funds for it. Right. Right. So the so reserves, emergency funds, just to be clear, is that in your 10 to 15 percent or is that now? No, that's in your 10 to 15. Okay. So you can do it two ways. So okay. dealing with the lender, you can give them what the number straight is if you can afford to come out of your own pocket if any of those emergencies happen. Got it. Or if you're a person like, yo, I'm strapped for cash. I just need to get the deal done and get over the hump and you have the room. If you know the number is 80, tell them it's 90 or 95, just so you give yourself some room and cushion for error. So as things go wrong, you've already got a built-in cushion where you can pull money from different places. You got it built in. Very good. There's something you shared that I've heard my husband tell me all year long that you said it. And it's funny, right? Like you, your spouse partner is telling you like, you need to do it this way. And then you said it right now. And I was just like, yeah, that's what he's been telling me. So honey, I hear you. It's not because Anthony said it, but I heard it louder <laughs> because, you know. It I was a reminder. It was a reminder. It was a reminder. Thank you. It was a reminder. So honey, it was a reminder, but this is what he said to me. And this is what you highlighted because <clears throat> I needed to hear this as a professional broker owner and advocate for the community. I don't like, I have to get past this feeling of robbing, right? Properties, like you, you said this term, I'm not touching it. I'm not buying it unless they're giving it to me. And so that's a challenge for someone who is an advocate for the community. But then you're like, this is a business, right? And at the beginning, during, and the end of the day, the numbers have to make sense. And so those are the conversations I've, I was having last year. Those are the conversations I already know I will be faced with this year as we are shifting into a foreclosure arena, right? Mm -hmm. So talk to us a little bit about that. I want to say so, thanks, but yeah. No, we so, about this. no, so I'll tell you. So right there, right, what I had to get over and, and you know what happened? I tried to be generous to the sellers. Oh. So I do this work for six to eight months. But now I have to go back home and tell my family I didn't make any money after being dog tired, having attitudes mm. and spending resources because mm. I told them I got it. We're going to do X, Y and Z when I get this back or when I mm. make this money. So for me, the look of disappointment, I can't tolerate it. I can't 
sleep with it. It doesn't. It that's the motivating factor. So again, it's not personal when we have these conversations about numbers. And and now I just the presentation is a little bit better. Not I'll say it's better than what it used to be. Like you don't walk <laughs> what in. What was it before? Hold on. Let's. What was it before? So you, you used to walk in and just be like, oh, this house is trash. I'm only giving you twenty thousand, <laughs> or like. This is what you want me to buy? Like, what is this? <laughs> so now it's, hey, Mr. Seller or Miss Seller, how much do you think this house needs in renovation? Or oh, you oh. think it only costs you 40000 Okay, but granted, you may be handy. You may have family who's handy. Unfortunately for me, I only know how to screw in light bulbs, and that's as good as it gets. So I have to hire professionals that are licensed and short that can do this to a certain standard and code. In addition, the cost of what the money costs me, this is why I'm offering you this price. If it works, cool. If it doesn't work, I can put my realtor hat on and say, hey, allow me the opportunity to represent you and I'll sell it to try to get you the number you want. But if you want to sell it today, this is the number I can pay. But what I'll do is I will go a little lower than what I'll really pay because normally they want to feel like they won. So if I say 30 or if I say 20, they want to say 40. I was going to do 40 anyway, but I knew depending on who I'm dealing with, they've got to, people got to haggle just to haggle. Just to haggle. And so let me say this real quick, because this man just gave you about $10,000 worth in a script. <laughs> he gave you about $10,000 worth in a script on how to tie how to lock in a wholesale contract if you want to jump into wholesaling but if you're a real estate professional who's also an investor and getting your feet in the water you're trying to figure out what am i saying um i need to time stamp that right now like <laughs> that <laughs> so was like 20, 20 minutes 20 right. minutes time stamp that and memorize that one right. that was gems like i said i appreciate him make sure you connect with uh anthony lee on instagram he is at he's at a lee real estate okay let's talk about this uh when we talked about when we jumped into the segment i highlighted this video i saw mom there i saw one of the kiddos was in the was video. both of them yeah they were there they that were was the there. youngest no that was the youngest yeah and um you know just as a father just kind of helping with the basketball team leading and i want to talk about just kind of where your group your group has grown like i said like so how did scaling that start off are you putting it out there like we're hiring or you're just recognizing talent no so it's funny honestly the talent kind of comes to us so like you said it was me and marlon for a good while after we originally had a group that group fell apart as we were transitioning and trying to make adjustments yeah. um i tell people Honestly, it all kind of, again, works itself out in its own synergy. So we meet people in all different walks of life. Mm -hmm. And it's never a thing of, again, like I'm recruiting you or you're like, not that you're not a star, but it's not like you're a star. We want you because we want you with us. No, it's a, we did business together or you come from another referral or somebody else and they see something in you and they're like, yo, you need to go hang with us. So like, so my team actually, we're licensed. Pennsylvania, Delaware, Jersey, and Maryland. So we have relations and somebody on the team that's licensed in all of basically in in the, the area of um th those markets. Yeah. Um, and then some of the people on my team, they work nine to five, some of them are full-time. So we've got a variety of different people from walks of life, teachers, um, healthcare providers, um, caseworkers, 
uh, uh, one of our, 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 our ladies on the team, she's the first lady at a church. Um, so again, we got all walks of life. Um, I love but- that. So let's talk about that because that's one, one thing that I've encouraged you to do. And I really appreciated that. Um, I saw you do more of it, which was promote this investing in real estate while working a nine to five, because the misinformation and I think the most damaging information is when people look at HGTV. In fact, one of my, my husband and I enjoy going to this crepe restaurant and the owner, um, you know, we mentioned we were in the business and she said, oh yeah, I watch AGTV in Tampa, Florida. I don't know which one. She was like, oh, I thought that was so cool. And I'm like, yeah, no, because right now I'm thinking of, about applying for my uh, my my carry and conceal permit. So, <laughs> like, I I don't see that it's that cool. As right now, I'm thinking about I got to go get licensed so I can carry a gun so I can protect myself while yeah. I'm in this business. So I think that's interesting that um, you have an you you've got you created a group and a team that you're supporting those who also have to you know, make a living as well, because those pay cycles are huge. So talk to us about that, because oftentimes we hear brokerages that say, no, if you can't do this full time, we don't want you. No. So I get it on both sides. So the struggle is if you work a nine, I'm going to just say out, let me give you steps. A nine to five is the cheat code to whatever your goals and dreams are. The nine yes. to five is the funding to help you do whatever it is you're doing. The question is, how are you allocating the funding coming from your nine to five? Most people don't have the discipline or don't use the discipline to cut certain things off so that they can put that money where they're trying to get to. So for me, I started out with a nine to five. I had a nine to five I was laid off from. I had a nine to five that I quit. Um, The only reason why I was able to quit is because as I had that nine to five, I was acquiring property and I was building my business. Once my business got rolling, that was when I said, hey, I can quit. But like, like you said, like it's tough trying to go to banks to get funding and you don't have proper tax returns. Uh, it's it's tough to it's tough. And that's again, when you're talking to clients, they can feel the thirstiness. They can feel mm. you need this deal. And Commission the, breath. And the, and the difference now in my business, I'm not doing deals out of survival. I'm doing deals out of stepping stones. Yes. So. Yes. So in that, and that's why, again, I think I've been able to build my team because I'm finding out what my team needs, what they want, how they're trying to build and let me fill the gaps for you. You Mm -hmm. do what you do and let me fill the gaps. Um, You know, that nine to five is the cheat code. You're more bankable than I am even being self-employed and having years of experience because uh, your base income is guaranteed and the banks like it. That's right. So with some of the cheat codes I know now, like I tell people, problem is I'm not employable anymore, nor do I, I I don't even know what I would go do at this point, you know, but if I could find something that maybe I would do and, you know, I would actually enjoy it, I might have a nine to five, even if it was part time, because again, you just want that money to be consistent. And the goal is whatever money you make, whether it's part time, full time, that money has to go work for you. You don't work for the money once you get it, make the money work for you. That's right. And I mean, that that's that's honestly the, the secret sauce to anything that you're trying to do, real estate or investment stocks. That money has to work for you. If it doesn't do what it's supposed to do, you know, there's an issue. There's a gap. 
and you can't grow. So if the money, you get a couple hits, you take a couple losses, but let you hit a couple singles and doubles. Those singles add up. <laughs> and it's funny you talk about that HGTV stuff. People get that confused. They're like, oh, it's all roses, peaches and roses. And it, I mean, it, it, it can be some days, but I mean, I'm having conversations with investors now and my colleagues and we're like, yo, this is some bull crap, but this is what we signed up for. This is this is what we signed up for. Absolutely. Uh, LaDonna says right on. I hear you. So I am. Listen, that was so much um, gems. So important to hear out loud, because when people especially LaDonna, LaDonna's a notary here and um, I work alongside with her. And when I she did a notary for me <laughs> for a client of mine, I think around December, November, December, I don't recall. Um, and then she shared to me, she said, I'm a full-time notary. And I was thinking, yo, in my mind. So I'm saying this out loud to LaDonna. I'm like, yeah, that commitment is next level for you to say, I'm going to be full-time self-employed entrepreneur, especially as we're in a volatile market. But as a notary, I think everyone needs a notary. Just like when you realize in real estate, everyone has a real estate need because life events trigger those. So those who are losing their jobs, those who, you know, job loss, death, marriage, divorce, job relocation, when you place yourself as advisor in real estate, as opposed to transactional agent, and you're chasing constantly, I think it allows you to be more fluid, flexible, productive. And you touched on not being commission breath. Uh, I do. I taught a class on that. I talk about that because people feel it. I oftentimes receive clients. I'm sure you do when they say that client made me feel like a check. All they wanted to do was get paid. Right. The oftentimes counting the money, spending the money before the eat the deals even done. So very important in terms of what you just shared. Go for it. No. So real quick too, the. The young lady, you said that's a notary. The yeah. cheat code, again, she's already in a real estate space. In your book, you talk about different ways to get into the real estate space. A notary, you're plugging in, you find out where the lenders are, where the deals come from, the who's who, because you're just notarizing documents and being a secret squirrel. <laughs> Did you say secret squirrel? Yeah, you're being a secret squirrel. The secret squirrel, that's right. You've got quite a book of business of everybody who's who's in there. <laughs> I, I love Secret Squirrel. You hear that, LaDonna? Listen, getting all this information. Um, so let's talk about, uh, okay, so now we talked about the pandemic and the shifting and the pivot, and you were very transparent, and I really appreciate that because that's what this platform is about. I get solicited a lot. Let me say this, a lot. When I posted your thing, I got so many requests of this person who scaled their business and now they're all doing this. And I was like, yeah, I'm not trying to have someone come on and sell a pipe pipe dream to people because people really need to understand this is not, you don't buy houses in 30 minutes. You don't flip them and rehab them in an hour long episode. And then everything's like so perfect. <laughs> this is real life situations. So as we're talking about pivoting now, I want to hear about you shared in the video about scaling and then going for that apartment building. And was it six units? Because now that's commercial. Yes. Let's talk about it. So which part do you want to start with? Oh, yeah. Let's. So mindset. Yeah. Because I'm like, go for it. Let's tell us about the. Let's, start <laughs> with the let's talk about mindset. So 
shifting from single family and you're kind of building portfolios here um, and then deciding, and I, I don't know if it's necessarily a shift that you've had to do from going, I'm going to go residential commercial because the numbers, the financing or percentage is different. Unless when you were doing your um, single family investments, if you were still using LTVs of like 60, 40, 80, 20, I, I don't know. So, so, so the formulas are slightly different, but they're more beneficial in commercial where it's not only ARV driven, it's income driven. Got it. Okay. So you can really manipulate the numbers based on what the income will be once you take over the property. So I'll just start with this. I ended up selling 12 units to my good friend in Philly, Dwayne Johnson. Nice. As an agent, I'm providing the service. I'm selling it, but I'm also not going to lie. I was motivated and slash. I was motivated and slash hating. Because mm -hmm. he's my friend. I know him. we play ball together. And yeah. it's like, if he could buy 12 units, why can't I? Okay. So again, it was motivating. So it's never like me and my friends, we we compete with each other, but it's like an honest, healthy competition. It's a healthy right? competition. Yeah. Right. So, and that's the kind of circle I started surrounding myself with because of the pandemic. Got it. Because again, we're in uncharted waters and you need to hang around people that do more than you, maybe a little less, but you all bring it together. Mm. Um, but in that, again, I saw them do it. I, I watched them step by step. Thing is, I found them the deal. I just didn't know how to deal work to your point because it was completely different. I've only done work. single family to triplexes. Right. So now I watched him do it. It's still hard money. The numbers just cost you a little more because the prices are a little more. Okay. But what happened was I happened to be on the internet looking. Uh, no, let me back up. What happened was I took another client to see the six unit. Okay. Um, My good friend, uh, he's a boxer here in Philly. He just won his last fight, J-Rock Williams. Awesome. Um, he didn't want the property. So I said, yo, you sure you don't want it? Because I'm looking like this looks pretty good to me. So he didn't want it if it wasn't at his number. So what I did was, again, I tweaked what I would do for the rehab budget to make the numbers work. The property had been on the market for two years on and off. Right. Let's let's pause there. As I want to describe. I want to want you to describe the mix. Right. So how many units bedroom count vacant? Uh, or occupied, just kind of walk us through that. And so, let me know about your time. I, I yeah, I'm good. sensitive to your time. You're good. Okay. No, so so six units, um, six units plus a garage, an unattached garage. Uh, three units were occupied, three were vacant. Wow. Okay. So initially, my goal was to kick everybody out and start over because the building was run down. The rents were really low. Um, come to find out, the owners were suing each other because. One was stealing from the other, and it was a whole situation. But to my benefit, they were fed up, and they had to sell because of court now. That was why it's been on the market on and off so much, because one wants to sell, one don't. But one's also keeping the rent, and the other wow. one's not getting the rent. And he's not getting the rent. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Right. So this was a real sour situation. So I had basically submitted an offer. It took me two months to get it under contract. I lowballed the mess out of it. Just because it'd been sitting, and again, I was just I was feeling myself. I'm not gonna lie. And because of networking, I ended up finding a commercial broker that did investment loans and would lend up to a hundred percent financing. 
Wow. Of, of the purchase and rehab. <sighs> so it was like I had no choice but to buy the property now that the funding wasn't an wasn't a problem. Now you had no excuses. There you go. And I said to my friend, I just sold the 12 units to. I'm talking myself out of. And he said, you know, I, he cursed at me and said, if you don't do da 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 I'll buy it. So, you know, that's like basketball talk. Check it out. Let's go. <laughs> right. So from there, I said, I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to buy it. So I was able to buy a $300,000 six unit building and only come to the table with $30,000. Wow. So only come to the table with 30000 and you still rolled in the rehab in there. So I did. So I have some of my rehab money in there because again, okay. the rehab didn't stay to rehab. I thought I was only replacing certain things. I ended up changing out six heaters, six water tanks. Um, the units that were occupied, these people didn't have proper electric. They didn't have proper fridges, stove. It was like every other unit, either the fridge and stove didn't work or the fridge didn't work here. The stove didn't work here. So things I didn't account for, I luckily through business credit, though, I had a reserve account with line of credit money and I could do what I was doing. Um, so I kind of extended the hard money loan of rehab budget plus part of my line of credit. Um but it was all good because it's like, hey, I'm making improvements to the building so I can increase rents. And that was, again, the game changer. So I ended up telling the tenants I was going to kick them out because they weren't responsive or trying to communicate with me when I took over the building. So then they called me like, yo, we all got caseworkers and somebody pays the rent. We shouldn't be getting kicked out. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to say that because you're like using that term loosely. Yeah, I'm going to kick you guys out because you're not responding. But at least it makes them kind of say wait <laughs> right, yeah, right and you're talking about in the city you couldn't evict at the time eviction was and not to mention i bought the building without any renter's licenses because they didn't have them but but uh, again i just had to let them know like yo i will start the process good bad or indifferent the old me yeah i don't really start the process i might just change some locks but now that i'm a real estate professional now i'm a professional on record i do things above board so call the <laughs> lawyer start the paperwork but but in this case, I didn't have that issue. They responded. Um, they responded. I ended up connecting to the caseworkers. I got the rent transferred next month. I'm getting money from two. I'm sorry, it was four units occupied. So two units I'm getting the money for. The other two units were regular paying tenants, but they were long term. Um, the one tenant was like an older grandma. She was on dialysis using a wheelchair. She didn't have any support. So I never I raised her rent like 25 bucks because I felt bad. And then the other person upstairs, he fought me for like three months about raising the rent. He'd been paying five hundred dollars for a one bedroom. And he and in his right, he should have, because, again, he didn't have any working hallway lights in his apartment. He didn't have any kitchen, kitchen, living room lights. He didn't have a fridge. He had many fridges like it was a college. He had two of them grown person living like this. But because the rent was so low, he wasn't complaining. He wasn't complaining. So what were market rents for that? He his one bedroom paying he's paying five hundred. What was his market rent? He should have been paying at least seven hundred. Okay. Yeah. So what I did, I did his unit almost last. So the two vacant units, I renovated those, call them like my refurbished rentals, do the flooring, paint, new appliances, new cabinets. And now I put butcher block for countertops instead of granite, save on my rehab budget outside of that reglaze paint the bathroom walls some new fixtures and you in and out in and out. Um, 
in and out. You just got to do one unit at a time. And like I said, the other units, they had some tenants. So we did some things. We did the whole common area. Redid the roof. That was a big budget buster. Mm. Uh, front roof, back roof. Uh, like I said, you're talking about heaters because of the pandemic. Normal heater, gas heater would have cost me like 2500 I think I was paying like 4500 a heater. And then that's not including the install. Um so from one, so we finally got it rented and in my network and I found another program and this is one that I really enjoy. Um, it's through basically the, the DHS. I don't know if you've got Department of Human Services. It's like a, a program for children who are homeless or mm-hmm. in foster care. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a housing for us. Yeah. So they have a program basically for them when they turn 18 to 21. It's called independent housing in the program. So they pay for their housing and pay for them to go to college. Nice. Nice. So this is who you've offered the other yes. units to. So now they rent. They Do they give you market or above market? Because slightly above. A slight. Not, so they have a cap, but they, they do pay better than like. So I tell people, if you're in a rough area, you want to go to the program because they're and you give them quality housing, they'll pay like some of the other neighborhoods would pay you to be in this little, this pocket or this community. I'm so happy to hear you tap into those resources because that's, I think as a professional who is, this is now my own opinion, (laughs) as someone who's in the business of uh, dealing with housing, investing, developing, I think there's a moral and ethical responsibility uh, not everyone likes to hear it, especially when we, you know, hear big companies who are just kind of just bulldozing people. When we when we hear affordable housing, people don't realize that's usually a percentage out of all the 180, you know, 180 units, 200 units. It's usually a very small percentage that is written in uh, uh, the uh, tax guidelines and benefits for those developers to create affordable housing. And I have this whole nother issue right now that I'm, <laughs> I feel myself venting on is when we hear people say, let's build more affordable housing. I don't know in Philly if you guys are experiencing this, but they put up more apartments and more buildings instead of like co-op opportunities and condos and townhomes so that we can increase ownership within the community. Because when you have people that are vested in the community, there's that more being more prideful, there's being rooted, there's you know, establishing and building up that city. When I was there many, many years ago in Philly, I was watching that. I think the issue people were leaving to, um, was it DC? Oh gosh, they were leaving to the neighboring, one of the neighboring cities because Philly was not quite providing that for the talent in Philly. So I think, so I'm saying again, I I sympathize on both ends, the landlord and the people. So that's why I try to work with programs to find the happy medium. Yeah. Um, the challenge is when you talk about the apartments versus the houses. It some for some folks, I'm gonna just say some. If you've never taken care of a whole house, or if you're the one, the first one to finally get stable housing, most of these people come with more people. Yeah. So it's kind of like this is yeah. how you can condense the the wear and tear. This is how you can condense how many people come with them because it's not a lot of space. For for, oppor- for 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 bad opportunity per se. Sure, yeah. Um, so again, it, it's it's a struggle because I mean I've got houses and I'm telling you, like I've seen people move people in the basement that's unfinished and put sheets over the the, the beams just to make it more comfortable and they're just yeah. happy again to have a, a roof over their head. 
Do you um, think that's an issue of housing or issue of affordability and or both? So when we're talking about them condensing and this, I'm going back to uh, my husband's reading this and I was reading The Color of Law and he's reading um, uh, uh, Black Wealth, Black Banks or Black, Black Banks, Black Wealth. And so is it more so about because the rent is X amount and I need to get another body in here to... So I'm going to share something with you. You're like, no, no, Lisa, no. Well, think about, I'm going to just say this. In our city, you can drive by somebody that's asking you for change and they have an iPhone. Mm, Okay. So I'm just saying these same folks that potentially struggle with affordability, but they have the means and resources to purchase certain items, good, bad, or indifferent, they find a way. Got it. So I, 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 me personally, I think it's a mindset and an education thing. And That's just me, that. me, yeah. me personally. Yeah, we go back to mindset and education. This is why I'm a, I'm a real estate advocate. When I, a real estate literacy advocate is because the more that I've, I don't know if you have, um, if I, we haven't really dialogued about just kind of, uh, you know, after we work with the youth in the follow up process, but for me. I get to be hands-on in the room where I can see the thought process manifest to, no, I don't want to be an owner. Like, I don't want to be responsible for X, Y, Z. Oh, I have to do that. Oh, I have to have this and not want to be responsible for that. And so that's why I was very clear that I didn't want to be along the lines of um, a real estate homeowner advocate because I found that not everyone wants to be a homeowner in the more that I've been doing this education push. And so now the pivot for me has been like, that's fine, but you can, if you want to be a business owner, you can own a storefront. Like it's cool if you rent and then you own the building, right? Like you run in your barbershop and you own the barbershop, that's fine. And so it's now painting that picture, which also has, allows us to have the conversation, not just focused on residential, but on the commercial aspect of the business, as you're talking about your, you, you know, here I've been able to, um, uh, you know, focus on warehouses. I mean, cause cannabis, right. Everybody's looking for a warehouse right. um, and just different avenues of uh, businesses, daycares. Like those are things that people are always calling our office for is that looking to expand their barbershop daycare, um, that's really popular with with uh, a lot of our clients. Of course, warehousing for cannabis, and depending on the area. So, yeah, that's I, I I'm with you there, and I think this year, towards the end of the last quarter, because the laws have changed so much on landlord tenancy rights, I feel like I've had to, I not only educate my, myself more, but I almost also feel myself like you sympathizing on landlord owner side, right? Landlord seller, because here they're addressing the housing and we've watched the most cruel act in the last two years of you're talking about the stripping of a constitutional right for homeowners to be dictated by the government, which the Supreme Court found was a violation of their constitution to tell them how to manage and what to do with their property. So I kind of you kind of go, okay, so there are people taking advantage of this moratorium. By the way, ours expires this month. Yours probably expired already. No. no? Okay. I'm not mistaken. We're still in it. They keep extending it. Okay. So they just voted to extend with exceptions. Like it's, 
this is why I say to people, this thing is not going to end into 2024. But as I look at the new California, I'll be teaching a class. California has a new foreclosure process. And it's along the sides that we're talking about is this housing, addressing the issue, housing affordability, and kind of, you know, don't let the big bad investor take over and, you know, gobble it all up. So uh, 2023 is going to be amazing. So let's talk about uh, you spoke very fluidly about what you do about rehabbing and you do it in a way that I know you can do this while you're sleeping. Cause I see I'm watching you. And when you talk about the financing business reserves and then this, that, and a third, I'm like, yeah, this he's doing it so much that it's just like, it's autopilot for you. Tell <laughs> us what you've got coming up. You've got a February event. How do people connect with you? And, uh, so reach out to me through social media, Ailey Real Estate. You can send me a DM. We can schedule a consultation. Um, or co I tell people, come to the event. So for those of you who are looking to get into the investment space, February 4th, myself my, and my partner, Lorenzo Jackson, we're going to be teaching you how to uh, basically renovate these properties, what they look like from the, the pretty phase of how when they look when they're finished, from when they look real ugly, from when we demo them in the different levels of rehabs. And then we're going to teach you guys how to build the budget and where they get the money to do these things. And then we're going to teach you the exit strategy, whether you want to be a landlord, whether you want to self-manage these properties or whether you're doing these properties for flip. Um, but we're basically giving you the blueprint for you to leverage your nine to five in real estate, whether again, you want to be hands-on or hands-off, but we're giving you all the pieces so that you can, you know, basically build your blueprint. Um, in every class we teach, I want to say, just say if this is fe February, somebody will buy at least one to two properties from that class by the end of the year. We had a young lady. Her name is Akila. She's from California. She or she's from Philly, moved to Cali, but she's buying properties while she's in Cali, while she's in Cali. But she's buying them in Philly. And she's been basically, you know, going back and forth. She found the contractor. She she found the lenders from coming to our events. I was like, you found us from Cali. She was like, yeah, I found you on the gram something. And she just plugged and played like she she just dove all in. Um, so her story is motivational. And there are some other people um, that that we've been connecting with. Um, in addition to that, too, I just want to leave you guys with this part as well. You don't have to be the real estate investor and be hands on something that we don't talk about that I've been learning slowly but surely. You can be the money person. If you have ten, twenty thousand dollars partner with somebody who wants to be the person that gets dirty and gets in it, gets in the trenches with these houses but charge them like the bank charges you. So for instance, if you got $10,000, say, look, I'm going to give you six months, eight months to borrow my, my $10,000, but you got to give me back $1,500, $2,000 for my money. That person can now take your money and use it to go do a real estate deal, or it can be the emergency reserves for their real estate deal. There you go. See, I knew we, I knew it. We just came out swinging and you're so generous with the information that you share. And I think that's also why we align is because I don't believe in lack. Right. And, and, and so, so many people have this thing about, you know, games to be sold and not told. And yeah, there's one thing that you, everything you've given people receive that as you're knowledgeable, you're professional and you're an expert. I'm willing to invest in a consultation with you. Uh, because you were so generous with sharing that information. You can give people the information, but when they have it, it's like, okay, how do I put the pieces together? How right. do I apply it? And so this is why when people are like, you know, oh, you're 
training agents and you're doing all this information, you're getting, why don't you keep it for yourself? Because I don't have a lack mentality. <laughs> I don't have a lack mentality. So there's the book I read last year called The Go-Giver. Ah, I have it. <laughs> Go for it. So that, that book was like just confirmation for my natural spirit of wanting to collaborate and work with people. Yes. And again, if I can only do but so much by myself, so good, bad, or indifferent, don't get it wrong. There's some people who take the information, run off and never come back and do what they do. However, that still doesn't stop your blessings. That's right. So it's like, just be, be you at the essence of it all. And again, it'll come back to you. Sometimes you're making little, as they say, you're planting the seeds. The seeds might not grow for two, three years. And again, I run into people I met years ago and they're like, yo, I appreciate you for giving me this. I did this or, hey, I got this, this opportunity. Again, I got this listing. Whatever it is, it'll come back to you. It's just a matter of when. With that, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you all for joining us on another fantastic episode. Anthony, thank you, thank you, thank you. This was fun. And we, we can't let the time go so far uh, in between. Definitely bring you back on the show. And it's been a pleasure and fun. Thank you all for joining us on another information-packed episode on Ready, Set, Real Estate. Listen, we'll see you next week, Wednesday, at our regular showtime. We did a special today because Anthony's East Coast time. But we'll be back here at 11 Wednesday on your favorite streaming podcast video platform everywhere. Take care, guys. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.